The following message is a teaching by Dr. Jason DeRoshi, Research Professor of Old Testament and Biblical Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. You can find more from Dr. DeRoshi at www.jasonderoshi.com. Welcome to Biblical Foundations, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm your co-host, Jimmy Rowe, along with Dr. Andreas Kostenberger. Join us as we discuss issues in biblical scholarship for the church. We're continuing our conversation with Dr. Jason DeRoshi on the Old Testament and biblical theology. Now, back to um, our previous uh, discussion, uh, how to read the Old Testament as Christians with a focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm also thinking of your recent uh, Familios piece there where you develop that uh, in, in, in quite a bit of detail. Uh, I think there may be some who are listening who might wonder, uh, how do you avoid anachronism in that regard? In other words, how do you avoid reading later developments back into earlier passages of scriptures? There's a sense in which it's important for us to keep in mind the original audience of a given Old Testament book and they, at their particular juncture in history. In other words, is it appropriate to ask first, what was God's message for, say, the Israelites on the verge of entering the Promised Land when Moses wrote Genesis, as Jimmy and I discussed in our last podcast? And would it not be important to ask that question first before asking what the same passage uh, can say to us as Christians? In other words, isn't this where biblical theology as a historical discipline can help us not to collapse these two horizons, if you want to put it that way. Yes. I think that the task of biblical theology requires that we read the Bible forward and backward. And failing to do either is a failure to engage in the task of whole Bible theology. God has granted his word to us in a progression, and it's very helpful to walk through that progression as God delivers it to us. That's how he's disclosing himself and his will, letting us see his purposes in history. They're working progressively. And yet, um, often, it is such the case that we cannot fully recognize all that God, as the ultimate author of Scripture, intended us to see until we get to the end of the story. That's how good stories often work. We see beginning patterns. For example, we might see a two and a four in the Old Testament, but we need the New Testament in order to disclose that we're looking at a six or if we're looking at an eight. That is, the New Testament's not only providing the answer key, it's also at times giving us the algorithm for how to read the text as God intended it. Yet, for me, a foundational text that puts these tensions together of uh, continuity and discontinuity and recognizing that uh, we need to let the Old Testament speak as it stands while also recognizing that we will not likely understand all that God intended until we see the person of Christ. It's, it's Romans chapter 16, verses 25 and 26, where Paul unpacks for us that he as a preacher of the New Testament uh, is approaching his word in light of the resurrected Son of God, and he's seeing things that were actually there in the Old Testament that he never had eyes to see. 
So he says, now to him who is able, this is how he ends his entire letter, to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. That is, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. So he says here that this gospel that he's preaching, this gospel concerning the Son of the living God, it's according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed in the very texts of the Old Testament. It's not that we are, in approaching the Old Testament and doing whole Bible theology, attempting to see something that wasn't there, but rather we're gaining new lenses to see what was there all along. And yet, in reading texts like 1 Peter chapter 1, that the Old Testament saints who gave us, who gave us the scriptures, that they were searching and inquiring carefully. What it suggests is that we can actually see much about the Messiah even before we read the New Testament. That as we're walking through Genesis, we're seeing trajectories, foundation stones, upon which later authors are building. When we read those later authors, understanding our, conv our conviction that this is the single word of God, we say they were interpreting rightly. And yet, we as believers are seeing more than even Isaiah saw. We're seeing more than Moses understood. And so, once again, there's that continuity and discontinuity. There's that, that tension. For me, I just want to ensure that as I wrestle deeply with the book of Ecclesiastes, I never wrestle with it on its own alone. I am constantly asking the question, how is the resurrection of the Son of God supposed to impact this reading? And yet, I'm also living within the world of the writings, living within the days of Solomon, and wrestling with the text as it stands, and yet never leaving it there, and constantly, and, and for me, it very much is a spiral, not even just a cycle, but it's a, a constant working, recognizing that I never approach the Old Testament now as an unsaved person who's never seen the Word. This is my multiple readings, and I have a responsibility as a, as a servant of God and as a spokesperson for God to faithfully expound the book in light of the coming of Christ. And of course, you recently preached in chapel on the book of Ecclesiastes, so that's, of course, very fresh. It's fresh. Your mind, it's fresh in my mind as well. I really appreciate that message. Well, that's a great segue um, as we shift gears a bit and, and head to close our time. Uh, we always like to make a connection between biblical study, studies to life and ministry. And so for pastors, how should they preach from the Old Testament? Well, I would say, first off, study well, meaning observe carefully, understand rightly, evaluate fairly. But before you get into that pulpit, don't stop there. You need to feel appropriately about this God that you've just encountered. And then you need to be able to act 
faithfully. Now, I would say that about any text in Scripture. But when it comes now to the Old Testament, we want to focus in and and consider, um, because we've got more bridges to build, it is the Older Testament. And Jesus has come, and so much has changed. So we need to wrestle for our people carefully with what the text says, and then consider how does it display the character of God, and what did the person and work of Jesus, how does his coming impact this text? Is it fulfilling specific trajectories? Is Christ being portrayed, um, if, if it's about the law, is it anticipating his ideal law fulfillment, his, his perfections? How do I magnify Christ faithfully? Um, I could add specifically related to biblical theology. How does biblical theology help me preach the Old Testament? And I would just list a handful of, of ways that I think thinking about how the whole Bible progresses, integrates, and climaxes in Jesus, how is that going to serve a Christian preacher of the Old Testament text? Number one, it's going to help you obey the call of God to proclaim the whole counsel of God and not be guilty of other people's blood. For us to be able to grasp the purposes of God from Genesis to Revelation is going to necessitate that we are a whole Bible person, a whole Bible preacher, that we're thinking about the biblical text in light of all of God's purposes from creation to consummation. And it's going to help shape a Christian worldview that is faithful and not misguided. Number two, I would say that our biblical theology is going to help us consider the canonical context of everything we preach. It's remembering that there's an, a bigger author than Moses, a bigger author than Solomon, that God is at work from beginning to end, and he's given us an entire book, not just independent books. And God would want us to be reading the part of a book in light of the whole book he's given us. Number three, it just helps us see the mystery revealed. And that means we need to spend lots of time in the New Testament and looking at how those New Testament authors read their Old Testaments and try to align with them as closely as possible. And let our eyes be open to the beauty and the bigness of the Christ who is anticipated and foreshadowed in the Old and let our people see him there faithfully. Number four, it helps us identify what the Bible calls types or shadows. And where there's a shadow, there's a substance. Where there's a type, there's an antitype. And so in reading our Old Testament as Christians, I, I would encourage the preachers and the teachers to be mindful of look, looking for faithfully where there's biblically grounded warrant, where we can build a bridge for our people and where you can prove it to them from the text that indeed Jesus is being anticipated here. His person, his work, his character, his actions. We can, number five, celebrate both the Messiah and the mission that he would spark. In Luke 24, Jesus said he, he went to uh, help them understand the scriptures, not just part of the scriptures, to understand the scriptures. And then he said that the Christ would suffer and then on the third day he would rise and that repentance and forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name throughout the nations. When Jesus saw, said you can understand the scriptures, 
when he, he sought to help people understand the meaning of the Old Testament, he saw a portrait of himself, the Messiah, and the mission that would go, that would grow. Biblical theology is what helps us read the Old Testament in this way. Number six, it just helps us understand how, what should we do with Moses' laws. We can't understand how they would appropriate, how, how to appropriate them faithfully, how they would relate to us in any way without healthy, Jesus-centered biblical theology. Because none of the Mosaic law comes to us directly. We're not under that covenant. But all of it, I believe, relates to us indirectly through the person and work of Christ. We can appropriate it through him, but only in light of what he's done. Number seven, just two more. Biblical theology helps us claim promises. All the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate Israelite. And in him, Jews and Gentiles are adopted. He claims for us promises given to Old Testament Israel, as I understand it. And we can only claim promises faithfully that were given in the Old Testament when we consider the person and work of Jesus and what he's done on our behalf. And finally, number eight, biblical theology really helps us grasp how it is that God justly justifies sinners. When we're reading laws that none of us could have ever aligned with, when we're reading the patterns of Israel's brokenness and failure, and then we see God extend mercy, it's biblical theology that helps give us clarity to how God can justify the ungodly. And all of that centers on the person and work of Christ. And so it's biblical theology that really, I believe, helps us be faithful Old Testament teachers and preachers. It's very helpful. Well, Jason, this has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, I especially like the idea of reading both backwards and forwards. I, I think, um, I don't say this lightly, but this has been one episode of our uh, podcast where I've actually learned things. It's been very stimulating for in my thinking as well as a biblical theologian and New Testament scholar. So thank you very much for joining us today. I I appreciate your Christ-oriented reading of the Old Testament. I've I've seen too many times where scholars uh, have insisted on interpreting the Old Testament independently apart from the New Testament, or in some cases even against the New Testament. I've even heard people say on occasion that Paul's interpretation of a given Old Testament passage was wrong. So I, I agree entirely that we should read the Old Testament as Christians and take our cue from the New Testament writers and the way in which they interpreted the Old Testament. I also love the gospel orientation and the gospel focus. And of course, as you mentioned, uh, Luke 24, Jesus' words there epitomize that. Um in fact, I'm, I'm about to get ready to teach an advanced biblical theology seminar right here at Midwestern where we'll look at the way in which the various New Testament writers from Matthew to the author of Revelation uh, use the Old Testament. So, Jason, thanks again for your helpful insights and perspectives. I greatly look forward to our partnership here at Midwestern and to many more fruitful conversations, both formal and informal as well. Thank you so much for letting me be a part. We want to thank our guest, Dr. Jason DeRoshi, for joining us today and discussing the Old Testament and biblical theology. On our website, cbs.mbts.edu, you can find links to some of the resources we discussed today. 
We hope this episode has been helpful for you. Please join us again next time. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. For more information, please visit the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern at cbs.mbts.edu. For further resources, please also visit biblicalfoundations.org. Please join us again next time at the Biblical Foundations podcast. Thank you for listening to this message from Dr. Jason DeRoshi, Research Professor of Old Testament and Biblical Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Dr. Jason DeRoshi. For more information about Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, we invite you to visit www.mbts.edu. For more writings, sermons, and lectures from Dr. DeRoshi, please visit www.jasonderoshi.com. Proclaiming the kingdom and treasuring a God who reigns, saves, and satisfies through covenant for his glory in Christ.